us. Continue to be with us and encourage us as we think about what it means to live forward in faith. Loving Father, we thank you that you are always with us. Help us to have this perspective of living forward in faith. May your word touch our hearts, our minds, our souls. Strengthen us as your people, both personally and as a community. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Living forward in faith can be a challenge, really, can't it? Imagine if someone came up to you and said, hey, come with me on a journey. What would your first reaction be? You'd probably go, where are you going to take me? Who's paying for it? Are we going to make sure we don't encounter any troubles? Well, that's a bit like the Christian faith in a lot of words. From the moment you were baptised... God says, come with me on a journey. Come with me on a life of faith. Now, there are things that we contribute to this life of faith, but it's important to remember that behind the foundation for this life of faith is God. And it's important for us to think what it means to be God's people. Because some people, you know, and I've I've met with people who have connected and then disconnected with the church and with God, and sometimes I've had discussions about what's happened. They said, oh, life wasn't going so good, so... You know, I I needed to focus on other things and not just my church life or not just my life with God. And in fact, you get a sense in some of those discussions that what's more important is what's happening now rather than the promises that God gives for the future. Well, as we begin this new year, 2023, it's an encouragement for us to stop and think. Many people make New Year's resolutions Last night and more this morning, probably half of them are broken. But the reality is, it's an important time for us to just stop and think about the past, the future, but also the present. Our reading from Second Peter has a context. It comes from this place where people are in a lot of problems. You know, they're not well liked as Christians. They experience some suffering. They go through some difficulties, and yet. God speaks to them through the the words of Peter to encourage them to look forward, to have their lives shaped, their current lives shaped by looking forward to the promises he makes. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this place, to this Make every effort to be found spotless, blameless and at peace with him. When you hear those words, there are some both beautiful promises to look forward to. There's going to be something greater, something far superior than anything we experience on this earth. Something that's going to be full of love. Something that the scriptures say never perish, will never fail. There will be no more death, no more mourning, no more pain. And that's the the forward-looking focus. And Peter has this encouragement to continue to look forward. But then there's this other side to Peter when he, today's reading, where he says, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. And that can be challenging in some ways because we can look at ourselves and we can know our own flaws or we know we're not so perfect. Or at least we know the other person over there is not so perfect. But it's that last piece that I encourage you to think about when you hear this passage. That be at peace with him. Be at peace 
with Jesus. Because as we discover elsewhere in the scriptures, for us to be spotless and blameless, we need Christ. We need to have a relationship with Christ and to trust Christ that what he did on the cross and through the empty tomb makes us spotless and blameless. And so there's this encouragement to continue having this relationship with Jesus, not relying on our own efforts to prove to God we are perfect, but it doesn't mean we don't live and aim to live the way God calls us to live, but to recognise that when we are not living that way, God continues to forgive us. As I mentioned, the new year is often a time people reflect on the past, think about some plans for the future. And for some time, you know, there would be times of joy. Um, A couple of people on Facebook, my friends on my Facebook made comments about they're not going to wish people a happy new year because the last two years haven't been that happy and people go through difficulties. And that may be true that they do go through difficulties. I think we all go through difficulties. But I don't see why we shouldn't encourage people to have a blessed and happy new year. But also as a Christian, it's a time of the year where we can think about what does it mean to live with and for God? What does it mean to live with and for God? To reflect on that, to kind of just take, how have I got, you know, how's that been? Not to kind of earn yourself credit points, but could there be some improvement or some enhancement in that living with and for God, particularly in 2023. And that may not just be about things you do, but it could also be about your attitude. It could be about your attitude to God and attitude to others. It could also be allowing God to shape you more. When I first went to seminary, there was a, in my first year, there was a person who said... Um, I don't care what anyone else thinks of me, they just have to take me as I am. Well, he decided after 12 months of seminary that being a pastor is probably not going to be the right thing for him um, because he had a particular view that was not that great about other people. Now, he's, one of his issues, he was very young and later on in life I've discovered he's matured. He has a, a more gracious view of people. But I encourage you to think about this question as as a Christian. What does it mean to live with and for God? And to think, is God nudging you or challenging you to change, to be changed by him? And so we're going to look at three aspects of often what we do when we reflect. We're going to look at the past, we're going to look at the future, but we're also going to look at how the past and the future may affect our relationship with God. Thinking about the past... Thinking about the past, one of the encouragements we have from Scripture is to be thankful. It's to be people who are thankful in all circumstances. First Thessalonians says, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now sometimes it can be difficult to be thankful, particularly when life is not going too well. Occasionally my wife has to prompt me to see that the good things that are happening and not just the bad. Somebody I met in hospital after they had a car crash and they had this very positive, thankful attitude and I said to them, how are you going? He goes, I am thankful God has brought me to these hospitals. I've met these wonderful people who are very caring, people I would have never met if I hadn't had the accident. 
This is a person of faith who wanted to share how God was using bad circumstances for good. But we can be thankful every day and to take it seriously, to, to really think about our thanks. If you're not a person who prays a prayer of grace or thanks at a meal, can I encourage you to, to pray that meal, a prayer of grace? Not just a rope prayer, but one that goes, that thinks about what are you thankful for so you can have this food on your table. Secondly, as if we look at the past, the other thing is the, the difficulties that are in our life and often the things and the regrets that we have or the problems that we have been part of often means that we need to think about receiving and giving forgiveness. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. So this idea of forgiveness, and I had a, a, a wedding yesterday, um, Ariane and Benty, and I had a wedding a couple of days ago um, with, with Eric and Kate, and both of those weddings, a part of the message of love, with love comes this idea of forgiveness. But knowing that you are forgiven by God when you fail to love well, when you fail to live this life. And I'm not quite sure about you, but you probably have in your mind you may have in your mind some things where you need forgiveness for. And you may have come to church even and asked for forgiveness, but it may be still pestering you. Can I encourage you to keep persevering and asking God for that forgiveness, but knowing that God does forgive you. And if you need help, see somebody like another, a pastor, myself or another pastor, or another Christian who you can trust to help you know about that forgiveness. But also recognise there could be things in your life, the past, the last past year or the last few years where you need to forgive others. Now remember, forgiveness is not about returning to an old relationship in the old ways, but forgiveness is about coming before God and saying, I forgive those people. And in some cases, that's directly with them, and in other cases, it's just in your mind and heart forgiving and so these are two things that we can deal, how we deal with the past. One is being thankful and one is living a life of forgiveness, receiving forgiveness from God, but also giving forgiveness to others. And I should also mention with forgiveness, and I've said this a number of times, forgiveness is not always easy. Sometimes it can be over a long period of time. You know, I, have, I know of a couple of people who are, still praying regularly for God, God, help me forgive this person because of what's happened in the past. They're on a journey, what I call a journey of forgiveness, rather than just saying, that's oh, too hard, or they've hurt me too much. But they're on this long journey of working through the forgiveness. So that's the past. So here's three questions for you to think about in relation to the past. What are you thankful to God for from your past? And it may be a thing, it may be a circumstance, it may be some people, it may be a whole range of mixture of things. In fact, often we are. Secondly, what do you need forgiveness for? What is the things that are burdening you? And when we ask for forgiveness, one of the blessings also is God wishes to prompt us to seek his help so we don't continue to repeat that behaviour if it's a behaviour. And thirdly, 
What and who do you need to forgive? A sign for me when I need to forgive somebody is if somebody's name's mentioned and I feel upset or unsettled, it's often about I need to forgive something about them or something they've done. If I get angry with people, particularly from things of the past, again, it's a sign that forgiveness is probably needed. But I encourage you to think about these questions and to pray about these questions, but don't just think, but put these things into action. Think about what are you thankful to God for from the past? What do you need forgiveness for? What and who do you need to forgive? Well, let's jump forward to the future. What is this Christian life, you know, look like in the future? And the future is, is look forward to the eternal future with God. Now, our lives as Christians, now I'm not quite sure how, where you see your relationship with God, but our lives as Christians can get a bit complex at times because often we want to go, all right, I want to have a relationship with God, but I want to make sure I'm having that relationship with God because I want to make sure everything in this life goes smoothly and calmly. If that's your perspective, can I encourage you to read through the epistles in particular and take notice of how Christians are challenged because of their relationship with God by the world. It's not always easy. Another perspective is to have this relationship with God because he's made this promise to you that you have a future, an eternal future, which I've already mentioned, a future which God gives you. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 13, we heard, but in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. This is the amazing gift of God. Paul Coleman, who used to be part of a band called Paul Coleman Trio, and now he's a, a solo singer, sings a song, The Best Is Yet To Come. Sounds like a good Australian um, pub song. The, th- the way it's sung because he talks about how we can get so focused on this earth we actually miss the best is yet to come and so think about your life as a Christian that God is leading you on this adventure and along the way you're going to experience many things but ultimately you're going to be led to a life with him in this new heaven and new earth the other thing with the, the future is let your plans be shaped by God and this future. And one of the one of the areas I work in within the, the larger church within New South Wales district is in strategy and vision. And the question that often happens with some people is, well, how do we know where to go forward? Well, we talk about what's our vision? What's our vision as a church? What's your vision as an individual? If your vision as an individual is simply to have a good education or make lots of money that's going to shape a lot of things about you. But if your vision is something higher, it doesn't mean you won't have a good education or make money, but your life will be shaped more by God and your plans will be shaped more by God. Let your plans be shaped by God. Let your future be shaped by God. Proverbs chapter 16 verse 3 talks about commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans. You know, one of the things I love is high-profile people who are Christians who share their journey of faith. And one of those in the cricket scene is Marcus Lamashane. 
If you have a look at his bat, there's a little dove on the back of his bat to remind him that he's, he is here because God has put him here. He's a successful cricketer. Now, he's not perfect. And this is the difficulty, is the world expects Christians to be these nice, perfect people. But he's not perfect, but what he does do, he does share his faith. And when things go bad, particularly in cricket, and somebody once interviewed him and made a comment, oh, are you concerned? And then he goes, ah, oh, cricket's only a game. There's a future to look forward to. And I have a God who loves me. And so I can encourage you to let your plans be shaped by God. And that could mean that you pray about your plans and you think about those. But as you, those plans come to fruition or as you work towards those, be prepared for God to change how they may look, what they may be. So when it comes to the future, here's a couple of questions for you to think about. What does it mean for you to live with a perspective that eternal life with God and others is the most important thing for you? If you want to think of the pinnacle of Christianity, it's this gift of eternal life that God gives you. A gift that God says that you have a, a life with him where there'll be no more suffering, pain. A life that has been made possible by Jesus. A life that says you don't have to, to strive to earn it, but go and receive it as a gift. So what does it mean for you to live with that perspective, that this is the most important thing for you? And the second question is, how does trusting God affect and shape your plans? You know, I'm a bit of a planner. I'm a person, as I talked about vision and strategy. Um, and this is a, a reminder for me as well to keep allowing God to shape not just what I do, but how I go about things. Some years ago, I met a Christian businessman in a, in a country area, but it, quite successful. Um, and he had on his desk a Bible, and it was there. It actually said, this is the first thing I read every day. And the reason I read it, he told, said to us, is to remind us that this success is only because of what God has allowed me to achieve. But also to put this success into perspective. This is not the most important thing in my life. My eternal life with God and others is. And so when you think about these two questions... Keep thinking and praying. And this is an ongoing thing as part of this adventure. Well, we've looked at the past and we looked at the future. And sometimes Christians can think, well, all right, I've got a future. I can then go and do whatever I like. But that's not the message of the New Testament. It's not the message of Jesus. The message of Jesus, the encouragement for God, from God for us, is to allow your future with him to affect how you live today. To affect your presence. And so the first thing is be shaped by the future God promises, not the past. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plough and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Now there's many things happen in the past that can affect what we do today and the future. And often the things that happen in the past break down things like trust, cause us hurts, lead to fear, and even encourage, discourage us from trusting God. But can I encourage you to be shaped by the future God promises? 
Keep in mind, God has given us as a church and as individuals this calling to be focused on that future that Jesus has made possible. Not just for us, but for the entire world. To be shaped by the vision that Jesus left his disciples. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. He didn't say, go and make disciples of some people or that this faith, go and just be a disciple yourself, but to be a person involved with all people. The second thing when it comes to the present is be led by the Holy Spirit. Be led by the Holy Spirit. This is being led by God's Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 to 18. 18. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you'll not gratify the desires of the flesh. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. The encouragement to be led by the Spirit is one of being shaped by God in not only what you do, but how you do things. Because in the next few verses, a few verses later in Galatians, we hear, when we are led by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit will produce his fruits in us. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. God's Holy Spirit is the one that helps us understand who God is, helps us be shaped. And so this encouragement for us is to be open to be led by the God Spirit, to allow God's Spirit to affect who we do, who we are and what we do. And ultimately, if we look back to Jesus as well, how our future, how our relationship with God because of Jesus affects us is to live a life of loving God and loving others. Now in Matthew and Mark they talk about love your neighbour, but Luke, when they talk about love your neighbour, it goes on to explain even more deeply this idea that your neighbour is anybody who crosses your paths. Not just the person who lives next door to you, not just the person you like, but everyone who crosses your paths and particularly those in need. In Matthew chapter 22, we hear Jesus replies, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So as we can see, God is calling us to have our eyes on the future so our life today is affected. And as we do, so our life is affected by others. So when we think about the present, how does it look for your present day living to be shaped by the gift of eternal life and your relationship with Jesus? This is probably a big change thing from, that happened in my faith journey. Right? Because if I go back to that text about forgiveness, forgive as God has forgiven you, remembering that I am a forgiven person, that God loves me so much that he forgives me, no matter what I've done, has actually encouraged me to, as I interact with others, is to see them as, a, as people that God also forgives and to treat them as a brother and sister in Christ 
not just as somebody who could be difficult. But the other part of this, we're going to be led by the Spirit, is to keep remembering how are we connecting with and being led by God. And this is why you'll pick up in our our theme, a strong theme within our congregation of these discipleship habits that come across. The idea of studying the scriptures regularly. The idea of praying daily and worshipping weekly helps us be connected with God, helps us hear from God more clearly. For some people, God's this nebulous, this kind of thing, it just happens. But each of us, because we live in a world that is not very Christian, that doesn't hold, hold forgiveness and love the way God loves up high, because we live in this sort of world, we need to have this connection with God regularly to be influenced by him. And so keep asking, how are you connecting with and being led by God? Keep exploring ways to do it. Keep focusing on thinking about how can I pray regularly? How can I read the Bible, study the Bible by myself and with others? How can I worship frequently? Now, as you've heard this, you may be thinking, Whew, there's a lot of expectations on me. But I want to come back to our reading from Second Peter. But in keeping with his promise, so God makes a promise to you, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth. God is going to give you a new life, an eternal life that is far better than anything you'll experience on this world where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless and blameless and at peace with him. Remember, God is with you. God will help you. God will forgive you. God will love you. And God will continue to give you this new life whilst you're with him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of life. We thank you that as we enter 2023, that you be with us, that you help us to deal with what burdens us, but you also remind us of the future you have for us. We thank you for everything good that we have received. Heavenly Father, may your spirit continue to work in us so we bear your fruits in the world and in the community. And Lord, where we struggle, help us through those struggles. And but where we celebrate, help us celebrate well in a way that gives you glory. And Lord, may you continue to shape who we are and what we do. So many others know your grace and your love and your mercy and connect with you. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.